All right. Well, praise God, we go live stream at uh, 11 o'clock. I'm one minute early today, praise God, by our clock. But we want to welcome everyone that's joined us by live stream this morning. Uh, we would rather see your shiny faces down here, especially if you're in the area. Come on in and visit with us, amen? We're just a family church. We're a bunch of country folks who love Jesus. So we want to see you down here if you're able to. Of course, we know there's a lot of people even uh, in other states and overseas. we got a, uh, one couple overseas in the U.K. that watches us when they can. Amen. But you have your Bibles there with you. Be turning to Genesis chapter number one. Genesis chapter number one. And what we're going to do this morning, we're going to continue with a series we actually began last Sunday. Uh, uh, talking about divine authority. And if you missed that message, I encourage you to go on our website, uh, Hill Country Cowboy Church, or one of the uh, Spotify or iTunes, whatever all those means of downloading podcasts. And download those that podcast, especially from last week. It will help you. Well, it's a combination of things. It will bless you if you start doing what I told you to do last week. But also, it'll keep you up with where we're going this week. Because I will give you a short review, but I'm not going to preach the same thing over and over every Sunday. And the Word of God is always progressive, especially when we teach about in series. Amen? So this morning, I want us to talk about uh, specifically exercising your divine authority. Exercising your divine authority. You know, you know, I've said this before, and I'm going to keep saying it, uh, and I'm talking to the ones that come on a regular basis. I've said this a lot of times. This is probably my third or fourth time of teaching this uh, series in the last six years. But it's vitally important that we get it. Amen? Of course, I tell our congregation that most people don't retain over 2% of what I tell them anyway, so I can preach it up to 50 times before you get all of it. Amen. And then I got to preach it another 50 times before you start doing it. <laughs> I, somebody should have corrected me and said, don't prophesy that, Pastor. We're doing the Word of God right now. Amen. 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 <laughs> Hallelujah. But anyway, we're going we're gonna to keep staying on this until I get it embedded in your heart. Because uh, as a born again child of God, you have authority over the devil over every evil spirit, amen, over circumstances. And we're going to find out you have authority over the entire earth. And I'm going to prove that to you in scriptures today, so don't jump up and walk out on me. Most Christians don't even realize that they have authority. And listen, if you don't know you have authority uh, or you or you don't know how to exercise the authority you know you have, then a lot of the situations you're dealing with in your life will simply overwhelm you. Uh, then they'll cause you to believe that there's really no way out. They'll cause you to believe things like there's no hope. They'll cause you, uh, or they'll cause you to believe that things will never change. The, there's a saying that goes around, it is what it is. I'm here to tell you, it is what you say it is. Amen? See, when, a, when you as a believer start understanding your authority and you understand how to exercise that authority, then that which, uh, really that's what's going to change your life. Let me just put it that way. That's what's going to change your life. You have to know how to exercise your authority. <clears throat> Hallelujah. When you take your authority and you begin exercising that authority in your life, then situations will, everybody say will, they will change. And the devil, listen to me, will no longer rule and reign in your life. And that's a fact, Jack. But at the same time, until you take authority over the situations in your life, things will not will not, will not change. Amen. I, I, know, I know that we serve a God that's the God of the universe. 
And a lot of times, and we said it even this morning, that God's in charge. He's only in charge if you let him be. You have to let him be in charge of your life. Amen. But at the same time, he gave you authority to, over this entire earth, over all principalities, powers, and darkness. Amen. For you to do something with. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Things will not change if you don't take authority. And we've seen this uh, in teachings that uh, way too often Christians, good born-again Christians will pray for God to do things that he's already authorized and commanded you to do. They're praying to God to keep the devil off of them. They're praying for God to, to, for healing. And God said, you lay hands on the sick and watch them recover, didn't he? Did he say that or did he not? Is that what you're in your Bible? Yes. Amen. They're praying to God for deliverance. But I read to you and I read it to tell you again, Psalm 107.20 says that he sent his word and healed you. He sent his word and delivered you. Amen. They're praying to God for this. They're praying to God for that. And because they are like he hadn't ever, ever, ever done anything for them. Have we so for, quickly forgotten what our Lord Jesus Christ did? Have we so quickly forgotten the stripes that he took? Have we, have we so quickly forgotten? We sang that song about remembering. Remember what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us. My brother and sister, at some point in our life, we have to get a divine revelation that God has already done all he's going to do. And now it's up to you and me. It's up to you and me to do something with what God has given us. Amen? You and I are God's representatives on this planet. Has anybody seen God walking around lately? Has anybody seen Jesus walking around lately? I know people say, well, I saw him in the cloud. I saw him in a potato head. That's just how ridiculous people can get. Now, you hadn't seen him, you may see some of his works. You see the results of his works. Amen. Blessed, he blessed Ronnie. After Karen went home to be with the Lord, giving him, because Ronnie wanted a, wanted a, a confirmation in his heart so he could let Karen go, he showed him a, a cross made out of some shims on the table in his garage. God will show up. Amen. But nobody's seen a physical God. If you ever say you did, they're going to put you in the nut house. But it's up to you, you and me to do something with what God's given us. Now, even though we are God's represented on this planet, it's, uh, it's still heaven's authority that we have. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's heaven's authority. That means we're the ones that are to rule and reign in life. It means that we're the ones that have the final say-so in life situations, not the devil. The devil can't have the final say-so in my life. How can I, if he had the final say-so in my life, that means I let him up from out, out from underneath my foot. And I'm not going to do that. And you're not either. Amen? Amen. Listen, the devil cannot, 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 cannot have the final say-so in any Christian's life unless they give it to him. And the truth is, he knows that. I'll say it again. He knows you have authority over him. But from his standpoint, my brothers and sisters, he doesn't want you to know it. He wants to keep you ignorant. He don't want you to know that you have authority. That's because if he can keep you ignorant, then he will continue to operate in your life unhindered. 
If he can keep you in that place, or better yet, keep you in the mindset that you have to accept things as they are, then he'll continue to rule and reign over your life. But when you, as a child of God, begin to understand uh, your place of authority, and then you, as a child of God, begin to exercise that authority uh, over the demons and over the devil, then, my brothers and sisters, it is over for the devil. Amen. And you won't have to put up with him anymore. I said you won't have to put up with him anymore. Write these scriptures down. Matthew 28, 18 and Luke 10, 19. We went over these last week. I'm going to just uh, review them. In, uh, in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said this. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Notice it says all authority, not some, not part of the authority, but all authority was given to him. Can I get an amen? amen. Then in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus turned right around to his disciples and said, behold, that means pay attention. Behold, I give you the authority. Who's the you? We are. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me by my father. And now I'm going away. Did he go away? Did he get resurrected? Amen. And now I'm going away. So I'm going to delegate my authority to you. Amen. It's not our authority. It's not my authority. It's his. But we have been delegated his authority. Can you see that? Jesus again says here in Luke 10, 19, Behold, I give you the authority. What's he giving it to you for? Look at the next part. To trample on serpents and scorpions. He's not talking about literal snakes and scorpions. He's talking about over the power of the enemy. We taught that last week. And over how much power of the enemy? Over all the power of the enemy. And look at this. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. So if you're a born again child of God, you have more authority, listen to me, than Satan and every demon that he has. Over all of them. Amen. That should make you shout. But see, what, the reason it don't make a lot of Christians shout because they don't have the revelation of it yet. See, you got to exercise. I told Brother Ronnie this. Most people don't know the truth. The Bible says you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Most Christians do not know the truth until you act on it. And it happens. The first time a miracle takes place in your life, you'll know the truth. First time you use your authority to put the devil under your feet, and you, let's just say you're frustrated about something. And you use your authority and say, devil, no, you don't. I'm not going to receive frustration. I'm not going to receive anxiety. I'm not going to receive anger. And you say, get thee behind me, Satan. Get out of here. The Bible says he'll flee. If you, if you say that and believe it, he will flee. And here's what's going to happen. Peace is going to come on you. And when that peace hits you, you're going to go, oh, my God, it worked. It not only worked for pastor, it works for me. Amen. But until you do it, it will not work. I don't know about y'all, but I'm preaching me happy. <clears throat> we have delegated authority. <clears throat> Why is it important for us to know that? Here it is, right here. Because God knew we would not be able to fulfill his plan for our life. God knew we would not be able to fulfill his will for our life without exercising the authority that he gave us. Because once you say, Lord, be my Lord and Savior, you get a target planted on your back. And the more you do for God, the harder the devil's going to fight you. People say, well, the devil ain't doing nothing with me. That's because you ain't doing nothing for God. 
Don't shout me down now just because I'm preaching good. Hallelujah. We have to have his authority to operate in his plan. So it's our responsibility to learn about authority. And then it's our responsibility also to exercise our authority on a daily basis. Are you with me? So, you in Genesis yet? That was just my introduction. Praise the Lord. So let's go back to the beginning and let's study some of the scriptures together. And as we read them, my brothers and sisters, do not read them through religious glasses. But read them as they are written. Can I get an amen? Amen. Look at this in Genesis chapter 1. Verse number 26. Then God said, I'm going to stop right there because I can just preach right there for a minute. Then God said, how many of you know when God says something, it's a done deal? That when God says something, you cannot, cannot undo it. Psalms 119, write that down. Says this, says forever, O Lord, your word is established in heaven. Well, I can tell you right now that God is not only the God of heaven, but he's God of the earth and all creation, isn't he? So if his word is established in heaven, is it not established on this earth? Everybody say amen. Amen. Forever, O Lord, your word is established in heaven. So when God says something, get a hold of this, it's established forever. So he's saying here in verse one, let us make man in our image according, according to our likeness. Now watch this. And let them, everybody say them, men and women have dominion. The Hebrew word for dominion is actually authority. So we can say it like this. Let the men and women have dominion or authority over the fish of the sea. That's good to know, isn't it, Hans? You can just call them up into the boat, can't you? <laughs> Amen. Get that down in your spirit so when I go fishing with you, we really catch them. <laughs> Amen. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. How I many you know serpents creep? How I many you know the devil's a serpent? So how many of you know the devil's a creep? There you go. So he, verse number 27. So he created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now I gotta hurry up past this before I preach on something that's going on in this world. But I won't, I'm not gonna. Notice we were created in God's image. Not in the image of something crawling up out of a swamp and evolving. We were not created in the image of a monkey. It was brought to my attention the other days. If we were, then why are there still monkeys? I guess they inhabit all these liberal cities. (laughs) But let me move on. Uh, See, I've said it now. I can't take it back. (laughs) We were created in his image. We were created after the image and likeness of God Almighty, of of the living God. Amen. Look at verse 28. Then God blessed them. In other words, God empowered them to prosper. How many of you know when he empowered them them to prosper? Everybody say, when he said it. When he says, see, remember, when he says something, it's a done deal. When he says, be fruitful and multiply, it's a done deal. Amen. It can't be undone. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. And look at this next words and subdue it. Underline that in your Bible. Subdue it. 
If you look up that, 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 the uh, Hebrew meaning of that, it means keep the earth under your control. That's one of the scriptures that tells me right there that God put control in his man. All the way from the beginning. Did he not say, let man have dominion? Did he say, let man be a robot and I'll have dominion through man? No, he did not. We have control. Fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion, authority over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Hallelujah. Thank you, sister. So notice God gave his authority to man. Not just one man, but all of mankind. And he gave it to him for him to rule and reign over the earth. Listen to this. Without limits. You have no limits. If your life lines up with the word of God. Now God ain't going to let you have authority outside your, his word. Get a hold of that. It's a covenant. That's part of the covenant. We got to be in line with his word. Should have got at least one amen right there. Does not the Bible say all things work together for good for those who love God? And who can finish it? Thank you, my sister. And are called according to his purpose. That tells me right there, just that one uh, scripture tells me, if you're not walking in the calling that God has on your life, all things ain't going to work in your favor. Or that scripture would be a lie. Is that what the word said? And it can't be undone. We need to always read the scriptures like they cannot be undone. Once we read it, we know it, we're obligated to do it. Can I get an amen to that? Whoo, hallelujah. Glory to God. God delegated his authority to you, and God delegated his authority to me. And his plan was both for both men and women to rule and reign over everything on this planet it, with the exclusion, excluding, everybody say with the exclusion of other men and women. You have no authority in the lives of any human being. Amen. Because you can't overdo their will. We're all free moral agents. And I know a lot of husbands, I may have been the only one, tried to uh, command my wife to do things. I mean, you know, that didn't work out. <laughs> We don't have time to turn there, but listen, we're talking about authority, right? Last week, we talked about Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 2, where it says we are seated with Christ at the right hand of the Father. How many of you know the right hand of the Father is a place of authority? He gave Jesus authority. He said, son, come on up here. You fulfilled everything. Come on up here and sit down. So notice God gave man dominion or authority over the earth. Psalm 115, 16. Just look at the monitor. It says, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth he has given to who? The children of men. You own your little piece of the rock. Amen. Hallelujah, the passion in that, in that verse, I like it. it, says, the heavens belong to our God. They are his alone. But he has given us the earth and put us in charge. So if God has delegated his authority to mankind, and, and for all of our vicious, let, let me just, it's all through the name of Jesus. How many of you know that? Amen. So I don't want nobody leaving here saying, well, he was exalting himself on the same level as God. No, I'm not. I know who I am in Christ. And I know, I know who Christ is in me. The greater one lives on the inside of me. But my Bible says he put us in charge. That means he put me in charge of my little portion of the world. And he put Miss Brenda in charge of the little portion of her world. 
and he puts you in the little in the portion of your little world. Amen? Amen. So if God has delegated his authority to mankind and put us in charge, then how come so many Christians blame God for when things happen in their life? Because God's in charge. Okay, well, he put cancer on you so you'd die, right? No. No. See, we need to get away from that God's in charge business. There's a devil on this earth. And the devil, according to John 10, 10, comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. I don't know if that's the right order. I think they're kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came to do what? Give us life and give it to us more abundantly. Praise God. So how could a God that came to give us abundant life put something on somebody? The things we say. We need to stop saying a lot of them. Amen? Amen. We cannot blame God for the things that take place on this earth. I've heard people say, well, I guess that hurricane hit, you know, because God was wanting to clean his earth up. No. We need to stop saying stuff like that. Should have got it. Thank you, sister. I can't move on until I started to turn back to page one. See, in one sense, God, when God put us in charge, he really limited himself. Didn't he say, my ways are higher than yours? Aren't my thoughts higher than yours? Now, we can have the mind of Christ. The Bible says we can. A lot of the people in here that come on a regular basis are getting the mind of Christ. Each and every Sunday. Not because I'm the mind of Christ, because I'm teaching out of the Bible. Amen. Amen. But in one sense, God really limited himself when he gave us authority and put us in charge. And I'm going to show you why. Are you interested? I'm going to show you why in the scriptures. Look at this in Genesis chapter 2, verse number 7. It says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dirt of the ground, out of the dust of the ground, yeah, I'll turn your uh, next one to you and say you were a mud pie. Amen. I can see how many men are really willing to do that. <laughs> okay, ladies, turn to the one next to you and tell you were a mud pie. I, mean, I wasn't. We were all mud pies. Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Notice the body of man was formed out of the dirt, but the spirit of man was God-breathed. It was God-breathed. One Hebrew translation says man became a speaking spirit. Just like who? Just like the God that created him. I said just like the God that created him. So how is man supposed to rule in his authority? Through his words, through his mouth. Because everything responds to words. The Bible says in Hebrews 11.3, says the worlds were framed by the words of God's mouth. And because we were made in his image and after his likeness, then we need to realize that our words are the carriers of, of God's creative power and authority. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. I'm moving through this very rather quickly. So guys, listen. You have the capability and technology to go back and listen to this again. And I encourage you to do so. I encourage you when I tell you to write down the scriptures, go study these out. Amen. It will help you grow. So God formed his man, Adam, Adam being God's first representative on this earth, and God gave Adam all. Everybody say all. All authority. Now drop down to verse 15. Genesis 2.15 says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. Underline that in your Bible. Another translation says to watch over or guard the garden. Look at verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, 
Now watch this. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. Underline that in your Bible. It's going to mean something in a minute. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now he's not talking about physical death. And I'm going to show you that. So God made a paradise for Adam and all of mankind. And he told his first man, Adam, I've made every bit of this, Adam, for you and your offspring. Then God told Adam, you can partake of every blessing and freely eat of every tree except this one. And notice God told Adam, if you keep and guard the garden, if you keep and guard the garden, how many of you know this was God's first warning that the devil was coming on the scene and the devil was going to come against Adam? I'm telling all of you men, keep your garden. I'm telling all you women, keep your garden because the devil's coming against you. If he came, see, if the devil came against Adam and Eve, how many of you know you're not immune? Yeah. Amen. I'm trying to show you today how to get victory in your life. And that victory will not come if you do not do what I'm telling you to do. Amen. He told Adam to keep the garden. That was the first warning that an intruder was coming. In other words, there's an intruder on this earth and he's going to try to take over. He's going to try to take over, Adam, what I've created for you and your offspring. But listen, son, you have dominion and authority over him. So it's up to you, Adam, to guard the garden. It's up to you to protect what I've created for you. I mean, you know, woman was created for man. I got two or three men shaking your head, yes. That one sitting next to you, guys, you have authority over the devil. You can keep the devil off of your wife. With your words. Now ladies. That don't mean you don't have to do nothing. Amen. Again. Don't shout me down now. But he says it's up to you Adam. To fill the earth and subdue it. In other words. Adam. Eve. And future generations. Don't expect me to do. What I've already told you to do. Christians. None in here, but those watching by live stream this morning, quit expecting God to do something He's told you to do. Because He's not going to do it. He's already done it. I mean, I've said that at least twice. It's important that you and I understand that God commanding Adam not to eat of the tree of good and evil in verses 16 and 17 meant he could. He could eat of it if he chose to. You can eat of the fruit of evil if you want to, guys, if you choose to. God created Adam and all future generations to be free moral agents. Adam had his own will. Therefore, he had a choice but see, God still loved him enough to warn him. Saying the day you eat of it, the day you eat this forbidden fruit, you will surely die. Not talking about physical death because Adam lived to be 930 years old. I don't care how, I'm glad God limited us to 120 years. <laughs> so he was talking about spiritual death. See, spiritual death is a direct result. You can write this down and take it to the bank. Spiritual death is a direct result of disobedience to God's word. And Satan knew that. I mean, think about it. Satan is the author of disobedience. So Satan knew when God made man and gave man his authority, he knew this was his only opportunity the opportunity he had been waiting for to get authority away from man. 
In other words, if Satan could get God's man to willingly and willfully surrender his authority over to him, then Satan would rule this earth instead of man ruling the earth like God originally intended. And that's what we're seeing today. The Bible says Satan is the God of this earth right now. He's got a lease on it. He has a lease on the earth. He has a lease over mankind if they give him their authority. But his lease is going to run out. His lease has already run out in my life. How about you? Amen. The devil has a right to be here. Of course, his, his, his stay is temporary. But he has a right to be in control of this world system. And again, I'm not going to preach on it, but that's what we're seeing on the news right now is the devil in control of the world system. And it's all because of what Adam and Eve done. Amen. Hell entered the earth because of one man's disobedience. How did he do it? He deceived them. How did he deceive them? Our answer is in chapter number three. Chapter three of Genesis. How many of you believe we need to learn from the mistakes of those who went before us? Amen. Look at this in Genesis chapter three, verse number one. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, here comes the deception. God has indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Underline that word not. You shall not eat of every tree of this garden, of the garden. Can you see that that was the deception? That one word, the word not. One word was added. And of course, Eve picked up right on it right away like most women do. And quickly corrected him in verse number two. And the woman said to the serpent, look, dude, that's today's word for that. Look, dude, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the, of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, now watch this. Now she's fixing to say what God said. God said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. How many of you know that's not what God said? God did not say that. Pull up at chapter 2, verse 16 and 17 again. I'll show you. Verse number 16, chapter 2. Here's what God said. And the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat you shall surely die. Notice God, did, God said don't eat the fruit and Eve said we can't even touch it. So she added those words. Don't add stuff to the word of God, guys, just to make it fit your sin or fit your lifestyle or fit what you want to do, how you want to live. It leads to death, spiritual death, not physical death. But that's not what God said. Amen. Satan used what Eve said against her. Why? What was he after? Well, he was after her authority. He was after the authority that God had given mankind. Well, what about Adam, Pastor? Well, let me tell you where Adam was. But he was after her authority. Satan knew what God had said. He also knew that Eve had added the words, nor shall you touch it lest you die. Can you see that in your Bible? Look at verse number four. 
Then the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. He's back on the truth, his truth, right? He's talking about physical death because she's done went over into the physical realm. You can't touch it. That's physical, right? <laughs> Come on, stay with me now. He said, you will not surely die for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw, underline that in your Bible. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable, lust of the flesh, and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of the fruit and ate. Now guess where old Adam was? Look at that next sentence. She also gave to her husband who was with her and he ate. So notice Adam was right there. And just like most men of most households outside this church, They stand by and let the woman do all the talking. They stand by and let the woman do all the praying. They stand by and look at, let the woman do all the rebuking of the devil. Got awful quiet in God's house. Y'all just meditating on the word, right? Notice Adam was right there standing next to you, listening to the lies of the devil. And at any moment, he could have opened his mouth and operated in the authority that God had gave him. Hallelujah. But he didn't. Because the Bible says they both ate. Now watch this. When they chose. When they both chose. It's a choice. You're a free moral agent. When they both chose to eat the fruit and do their own thing. That act of willing disobedience to God's word transferred the authority that God intended for them to have over to the devil and we have been paying for it ever since. Read your Bible. Why do you think Sodom and Gomorrah was there? Why do you think Noah and his family was the only eight that were saved? Because of the wickedness of the earth. Listen, God is not a God of numbers. And we learned here a while back, and the Lord's just putting this on my heart, that God's a 50-50 God. How many virgins were there? Ten. How many were, went in with, the, with husband? Five, 50-50. Bible says there'll be two in the field, one to be taken, one to be left. How many's, how many's that? 50-50. You got a 50-50 chance of being saved. Amen. You got to stay with the program. It's not about just getting saved one time, saying a little prayer, and then going on about your life. You just crossed over the line to the other 50-50. Somebody needed that, not in this room, but probably somebody by live stream right now. The very moment they disobeyed, they became subservient to the devil. In other words, now Satan has authority over this earth. And again, I'm going to prove you uh, to you in the scripture. So hold your place there and turn over to Luke chapter 4. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 4. And the scripture I'm going to show you proves without a shadow of a doubt that man delivered his authority over to the devil. Luke chapter 4, verse number 5. And of course, this is when the devil took Jesus up to tempting. Tempted him for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, tempted him with everything that you'll ever be tempted of. In verse number 5, it says, Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And said, the devil said to him, all this authority I will give unto you and their glory for this, talking about the authority, has been delivered to me. 
He was talking about what happened in the garden. He said, all authority has been given to me, buddy. Now, Jesus, if you'll just bow down before me, I'll make you rich. I'll give you all kind of cars. I'll give you all kind of mules. I'll give you all kind of everything you ever wanted. He laid out the whole, all the kingdoms before him and said, all this I'll give you if you'll just bow down to me. All the things, all the toys, all the things that, that men and women live and die for. Satan said, I'll give it all to you. All you got to do is bow down. Of course, we know Jesus said it is written. Amen? <clears throat> but my point is, who delivered the authority to the devil? Adam and Eve. They both had authority in the garden. Ladies, do not cop out and say, because your husband ain't doing it, you shouldn't do it. Amen? You're on your own. You have your own authority. You're your own free moral agent. Come on, ladies, don't shout me down now. So he tells Jesus here, if you'll just bow down before me, <clears throat> then everything, including this authority that was given to me, I'll give it over to you. In other words, I'll rule over you too, Jesus. He said, I'll give you all these earthly possessions as long as I can have authority over your life. How many Christians get saved and then they sell out to the almighty dollar? Go running after money. Go running after things. See, I know that happens because I did it. See, you can't tell me, well, Christians just won't do that. Yes, they will. <clears throat> they'll turn their back on God, not knowingly, but they'll run after money. They'll run after position. They'll run after the things that the devil is telling Jesus, I'll give to you. I mean, you know the devil will make you rich. Remember, he's the God of this earth. He'll make you, he'll let you make money. If it'll keep you out of church. He'll let you, he'll give you all the money in the world if you'll stay out of your Bible. Stop listening to Pastor John on, mm -hmm. So now, we've also seen a New Testament scripture confirming that man did indeed give his authority over to Satan in the garden. But here's the deal, guys. The moment he did, praise God. The moment he did, God made a plan to get it back. God made a plan to get, back, get it back. Look at this in Genesis chapter 3. <clears throat> this is in verse number 15. I'm going to paraphrase. This is, this is God talking to the devil. He said, devil, I'm going to get you. He said, I'm going to send one. And that one's going to bruise your head. In the Hebrew, it says that God was going to send one that would destroy Satan's lordship over the earth and take back the authority that man had gave to him. Amen. Hallelujah is right, brother. I got my authority back. How about you? So God sent his son, praise God. And the son uh, of God was born into a human body. That's relevant because he, he, Adam was a human and gave the authority to Satan. So there had to be a human being. God can't just wave his wand, guys, and make things, fix things. He, and he, he had to have a human being. So he sent his only begotten son into a human body uh, named Jesus. I mean, you know, Christ ain't his last name. That's his deity. That's the son of God. But Jesus had to come in human form to get back what Adam had given away. I need you to understand that. Hallelujah. God gave his authority to a human being. And that human being delivered his authority over to Satan. Therefore, Jesus had to come in a human body and get the authority back. Are you with me? So Jesus Christ came to this earth 
He overcome every trial and every temptation. Then he goes to the cross. Well, he gets beaten first, and then he goes to the cross, and he dies on the cross. He's buried. Then he goes into, the, into hell itself, goes down there and beats up on the devil down there. Beat up all the demons down there. It says Jesus went down there and took back the keys to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Then after three days of being in hell, God Almighty said, enough's enough, son. Come up on out of there. And Jesus was resurrected. God said, you fulfilled all the law, son. God said, you paid for the sins of man and you restored everything that man had lost. So Jesus came up out of that grave totally victorious over the devil. And of course, in Matthew 28, 18, we read it before, when he appeared to his disciples, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He said, it's all mine, praise God. And then Rome, and because Romans 8, 17, you can write that scripture down. Romans 8, 8, 17 says this, says we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now Jesus' authority is our authority. And it's an authority, watch this, that can never be overturned. You cannot lose your authority. You can only give it away. Get a hold of that. Quit coming to pastor and saying the devil's beating me up after today. Start taking your authority. Start walking in your authority. Quit saying the circumstances are overcoming you. Amen. You have the authority to overcome every circumstance. Now, is that going to take time? You're going to have to confess the word. You're going to have to do the word. You're going to have to be, be the word. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Listen, when God said, I gave you authority, it's a done deal. Amen? Amen. Is Jesus God? Yes. Isn't him and his father one? Did Jesus say all authority has been given to him? Yes. yes. Did Jesus say to his disciples, I give you this authority? Yes. Is Jesus a liar? So if you indeed are a disciple of Jesus Christ, then you've been given authority over the devil. But here's the thing. The devil still has the power of deception. And he will have until Jesus puts him in hell for a thousand years. Amen? Even today, he's still deceiving people. Just like he deceived Eve. But here's the thing. If people would just quit cooperating with him and quit believing the lie, if people would just uh, start walking in the dominion and the authority that they have over him, then their lives will change. But the problem with many believers is they cooperate with the enemy instead of taking authority over him. My brothers and sisters, get a hold of this. Satan cannot, 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 cannot operate in your life unless you cooperate with him because Jesus Christ defeated him. Jesus defeated him. Get that in your spirit. Stop cooperating with the devil. Stop doing things you know you shouldn't be doing. Stop saying things you know you shouldn't be saying. Because see, all you're doing is you're giving the enemy free reign in your life. He has no power in your life unless you give it to him. The devil can't make you sin. He can tempt you with thoughts of sin, but he don't make anybody sin. The devil made me do it, you liar. He was a free choice. I'm just talking to me, guys. As I used to say that. Well, the devil made me do it. Forgive me, Lord. The devil made me do it. Holy Ghost saying, liar. You did it of your own free will. 
devil put the thought in your head, but then you took the thought and did something, acted on it. Boy, y'all ain't shouting me down too much. Am I, am I on everybody's porch this morning? Are you getting anything out of this? Devil can't make you sad. Devil can't make you depressed. Devil can't make you frustrated. But if those thoughts come and you yield to those thoughts, guess what's coming? Whatever you're thinking about. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Because that's what will come out of their mouth. When the thought of blowing up and giving somebody just one of those two pieces of your mind, when you get that thought of giving somebody a piece of your mind and then you act on them, who made you blow up? Did the devil do it? Did he twist your arm say you blow up on that person? You say ugly things to that person? No, you did it. Or I did it. Okay, let me just use me. Who made you blow up? Don't blame the devil for what you did. No matter what it is, guys. I may not be touching on what, on, I may not be up on your porch. You may have something else. You have, may have an anger problem. You could have uh, uh, any kind of a problem. Don't blame it on the devil. You have authority. I said, you have authority. You have authority, not him. Stop making the devil your scapegoat for all your problems. At what point will you take your rightful place of authority? At what point will you stand and declare God's word over your life? At what point will you begin taking responsibility for your own life? If you plan on getting to heaven, my brother and sister, listen to me. If you plan on getting up there and then saying, Father, where were you when I needed you? You know what he's going to say? Jesus, stand up and show him your back. Stand up, Jesus, and show him your back. Stand up, Jesus, and show him the nail pierces in your hands and in your feet. Stand up, son, and show them where I was when they needed me. Brother, sister, we need to wake up. God's already done it. He sent the love of his life, his only begotten son, to die for me and to die for you. How dare we insult him by saying we don't have the power to do anything? Did Jesus take your depression? Did he take your anxieties and your frustrations? Did he take your sickness and your disease? Did he take your worry and your fear? Did he take your poverty? He took it all. Did Jesus make a way for you and I to walk in total victory? Not when we get to heaven, but in this life? Yes, he did. Why don't we act like it? Why don't we take the authority we have and start putting things under our feet and leaving them there? Do you not know that God has so much more for you to do? Did I not tell you earlier that God, all things work together for those who are in Christ and love Christ and are called according to his purpose? Don't you know God has something for you to do in this ministry? Don't you know he has something for you to do in the mission field? It's high time we took our place of authority and quit thinking about ourselves and start thinking about somebody else. 
start helping those that need more help than we do. You're sitting under the word. Take the word to somebody else. Take this word to somebody else. Because it don't matter if they're saved for five minutes or 50 years. They have just as much authority at, at five seconds as they do at 50 years. Matter of fact, most baby Christians authorize, uh, use their authority more than older Christians do. Because too many older Christians have too much religion attached to them. Hey, if I don't act on that, the hook will come out next. <laughs> Thank you, my sister. <laughs> All right, praise the Lord. If we have authority, why don't we act on it? Why don't more Christians take their authority, the authority they have and just use it? Why aren't you using your authority? Thank you, brother. Everybody say, I am. In closing. That's what that sound was for. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why more people, more Christians, and let's get serious again. I'm going to tell you why Christians don't use the authority they have. <clears throat> First and foremost, I believe it's because most Christians have never been taught. They've never been taught that Jesus gave them authority. And by the way, you no longer have that excuse. Secondly, for those who have been taught, they have authority. And many of those folks are in this room today. Some are watching by live stream this morning. They know they have authority, but they have yet acted on it. See, you must also learn how to exercise your authority. And that, my brothers and sisters, takes you and I putting action to what we hear in this room and what we read in that Bible. Can you say amen to that? And we'll talk more about that next Sunday. So don't miss it. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Hallelujah to Jesus. You know something? Let me turn back here for a moment. Praise the Lord. Go ahead, Jake. I'm not going to start it on page one. Don't worry. <laughs> Pull up 1 Corinthians 1.18, please. The Lord gave this to me right before I left the house. Hallelujah. I want to talk to everybody this morning about getting saved. I'm not talking about going to church. I'm talking about making Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. It says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, it says, For the message of the cross, which is what we hear in here, is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, everybody say being saved. It is the power of God. I shared this with my grandsons here a while back, guys, and I'm going to share it with you. That's the word of God. It cannot be undone or changed. And that word is saying, but to us who are being saved. Everybody say being saved. Being saved. I'm going to share with you what the Lord showed me. You're not saved until you go up. Until the final trumpet sounds. Right now, we're just on hold. We have our ticket. But how many of you know you can have a ticket and throw it away and start living like the world again? You don't, you're not saved until the trumpet sounds. And I believe we'll be raptured. But the Bible says, for those who endure to the end, whatever that end is, 
Pull up 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. I'm going to tell you what it says for it says that there's coming a day when a trumpet's going to sound and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then those of us who remain, everybody say who remain. That don't remain uh, that we're still on the earth. That means we remain in Christ. We have to remain in Him. Those of us who are still here, verse 17, the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we are who are alive, are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall be with the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. We need to help people. I said this to my, my family when they came out to my house this past week. I witnessed to my grandsons who I hope are watching this morning. They said they were going to be here this morning, but that didn't happen. But I'm hoping they listen to their pawpaw when I tell them, you're not saved until you, get to, you go up. I'm telling you today and those watching by live stream, you're not saved because you go to church. You're saved if you endure to the end. Amen? Amen. Well, let's, uh, let's give everybody an opportunity to know the Lord Jesus Christ. We always do that. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're in this room this morning and you may have been raised in church, but you've never made or allowed Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Savior, because when He's your Lord, He He reigns over you. He tells you what to do. He guides you through life, like Jake was talking about this morning. He guides us through life through His Holy Spirit. That's what happens when He's Lord of your life. So if you're in here this morning, or you're watching my live stream this morning, and you want to make Jesus Christ or allow Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Savior, if you would, just raise your hand and put it right back down. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. God sees all those hands. One other thing I do want to talk to you about, if you can stand before the Lord this morning and you can honestly say, you know something, Father God, I haven't been author. I haven't been using my authority like I know that I have. And from this day forward, Father, I'm going to operate and exercise the authority that you've given me. If that is you and you want that in your life, raise your hand and put it right back down. With every head uh, raised and every eye open, pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus Christ is, is your son. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose on the third day. I believe he's seated at your right hand. I believe I've seated with him. Jesus Christ, come into my heart. Show me what you would have me do. And I'll be obedient to your word. In your precious name I pray. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. Act like you're at a football game. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. I want to say this. If, for all those who raised your hand, God is going to meet you where you're at. Okay? He don't expect you to be someone you're not. He don't expect you to be more than you're not. He expects you to take what you have and start today using that. In Jesus' name, amen. Last thing we always close with is we serve a miracle-working God, and you are always next in line for your miracle. You are dismissed.